Για όσου είμαστε lockdown και φανταζόμαστε να πάμε στη Χαβάη, έχουμε την άλκη στην πρώτα ψάλτη, φίλοι. Και αν πάτε στο YouTube στο βίντεο, έχει και πλάκα το βιντεάκι κιόλα. Χορεύουν έτσι όλοι μέσα στα σπίτια, στα γραφεία και σκέφτονται Χαβάη. Εμείς εδώ στην Νότιο Αφρική εκπέμπουμε από το Bedford View. 9 λεπτά μετά τις 12 και ω συνήθως κάθε Παρασκευή έχουμε τη μεγάλη χαρά να καλωσορίζουμε στην τηλεφωνική μας γραμμή την γιατρό Δέσποινα Ανδριάνη. A specialist physician and endocrinologist that has given of her time for the last 4-5 weeks. I can't even remember how many it is. And we have her with us on air today, Dr. Despina Adrianis. Welcome, welcome once again. Well, hello, Yula. Um, everyone's thinking of a why. I think also a lot of us are thinking of those Greek holidays that we used to take. We really are. So, and it's summer you know, coming so and it's first of May. We definitely need something to make us smile and warm our hearts during this difficult pandemic that Yeah. All facing. That's it, that's it. I, I must say, so. our doctors are doing that. They are warming our hearts. I mean, we know that we have good contact with those doctors that are close to us. You've told us we can email them. You've been on air here letting us know. We do feel that we have the support medically, and I think that that's something that we are all holding on to in this pandemic, whatever you want to call it. How has your week been this last COVID-19 week? Well, this week has actually been a very difficult emotionally, um, practically, you know, a lot more patients have tested positive. Mm. I've lost a very dear patient this week to COVID pneumonia. Um, he was a father of one of my best friends. So it's been a very traumatic week. Wow. So is you this know? your first COVID patient that has now succumbed to this? It, it is my first patient. The others we've managed to, you know, to manage at home or they go to hospital and they've managed to, to get their childhood. So this has been yeah. very difficult, and emotional trauma on the family has actually been indescribable. Wow! So and I, and I imagine for you as very, well. Very, yeah, it's been a very difficult. Week. And you've actually seen it play out now in front of your eyes. So we've all had these fears, and now you've actually experienced it. Um, what were the symptoms that your patient was uh, feeling? Let's start with that, because now you've got me thinking a whole lot of things. So. You know, the patient was elderly, did have underlying comorbidities. He had the classic pieces of pneumonia. You know, he's got a very complicated medical history. I really won't discuss that. No, 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 yeah. So it's difficult to actually go into it in detail. But um, the symptoms of severe dyspnea, cough, fatigue, low oxygen fat. So it, it definitely was a, a very difficult for, for all involved. Wow. And, and I think they're going to be seeing more of it, you know, going forward because the numbers are going to increase, the death rate is going to increase. Our so death rate has not been very high. When one looks at the, at the numbers of over 5,000 cases and 100-odd that have died, yeah. we've been feeling positive about that. Is that something that we so, should not be feeling? So, you know, if we look at, say, the global uh, statistics, the, the World Dometer statistics for coronavirus, 3.3 million people have tested positive for coronavirus. Mm. So 234,000 deaths have occurred. So the death rate globally is sitting at about 7%. Our death rate is sitting at 1.82%. So that's phenomenal. You know, I mean, that, that's optimistic. Yes, that's what I'm so feeling. if we continue yeah. to have a, such a low growth uh, death rate mm. compared to the rest of the world, then we, we're in a very privileged position. Right. So I'm a little bit skeptical to say that um, it's going to stay that low. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it does because 
if, if that is the trend, then, you know, all the predictions that Africa was going to be, you know, it was going to be an apocalypse, we're going to have people dying all over the place, mm. that hasn't played out as yet. So as we said before, maybe that's because our innate immune systems are strong because, you know, third world uh, continents have been exposed to a lot of viruses and a lot of germs. So maybe it's made us stronger, but I think we need to watch and be cautious and, and not let down our guard mm. and decide, well, we've got a low death rate. We're now in level four. So, you know, let's forget everything we've done the last five weeks and let's continue living our life the way we did before. Right. I think we, we so, are first day of level four. And I did want to ask you, as a doctor, what are you feeling about these measures that are starting to lift? Is it a cause of concern for you? What should be we watching out for in this uh, levels as they keep changing? You know, I feel that these changing levels are vital. Because as we previously discussed about herd immunity, we need a certain amount of our population to be immune to the disease. Mm. And at this stage, we don't have a vaccine that will give us immunity. So we need to try and acquire some immunity through natural infection. So I'm very optimistic if we comply to the, the different levels set out by government that we still will flatten the curve. You know, we're not going to make the virus disappear. Yes. So what we're going to see is that the infections are going to rise, the death rate is going to go up. The only thing is that we cannot have happened to us what happened in Italy and America and, and the UK. We mm. can't suddenly have hundreds of thousands of people falling ill and not having enough hospitals, doctors. I mean, we've already had certain hospitals closed down because of outbreaks. Yes. So what we've done is we've tried to not overwhelm the health care system. So those patients that need to go to hospital, that need ventilation, that need hospital tests, can access it. And it's brought us time to set up field hospitals. Mm. I mean, we've got uh, an amazing setup at Nazareth. The convention centre in Cape Town is also, uh, I, can't, I think I wow. said 800 beds. So it's brought us time. Yes, and we've been we've been very very grateful for that. But if the numbers start to go up a lot, do you think we need to again be very cautious about changing levels? I think they will change levels if they find that people are not adhering to to what they they're telling us about social distancing, mm-hmm. not overloading the taxis, wearing masks in public. You, you know, it does upset me when I go to the grocery stores and I don't see a lot of the people working there in shields or masks because. They're exposing themselves. You know, we in and out for the shop. Mm-hmm. So our exposure is not as high as people that are working there all day. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, the businesses we've heard in the media are closing down because there's been an outbreak at this supermarket, at that supermarket, yes. at that business, at that hospital. So we definitely need to quickly adhere to the hygiene, the wearing of masks, the social distancing. Now we even say to you know? Yeah. And another thing I'd like to discuss, Yula, is this exercise time that's been imposed by governments. I mean, I find it absurd. I don't know how you find it. I'm finding it, it absurd because it's, it's everybody must uh, now know, come out onto the streets at the same time yeah. in the cold, in the cold. So, you know, to exercise between six and nine, it's exactly as you say. To take people out that are elderly, we desperately need to exercise. 
who has even younger people with comorbid diseases, asthma, mm. you know, we're exposing them to this cold air, exacerbating all their underlying medical conditions like asthma and cardiac diseases and emphysema. So my opinion is that they should be allowed to exercise from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Right. Because let people be out on the road and yeah. also people that have to work all day yeah. can also get a chance to exercise. Exactly, and, 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 and never mind children, because now they're not going to wake up before school and go and do that. Some children are in small apartments, and they would really have liked to go out for a jog, and they, they can't now. So I think this was silly. We did see this week some things that we did not agree with coming out um, from uh, government, so I don't know. I guess it's going to be a work in progress. Um, and, you know, yeah. in terms of what, if, we tell, if everybody decides to exercise between 7 and 9, they may as well be meeting at Mazeppa Coffee, exactly. because the streets are going to be packed. Well, so there won't be social distancing. Right. And then they want to walk their pets. So the pets will all be licking each other. And now, now, now tell us about these pets, because I believe now that we need to social distance our pets. What is going on? Are pets truly at risk here? Okay, so the truth is that none of us really know. So every week, you know, a month ago, if you asked me, I'd say no, they're not, because that was all the data coming out of China and I think two cats had tested positive, but they weren't sure if it was a penal, uh, sorry, a feline coronavirus yeah. or, or what strain it was. I mean, are they Current, testing pets now? Are they testing yes. pets? So current data now says that if a pet is living in a home where there's active coronavirus, they can then contract it, and they are being tested positive. I think a couple of cats, a couple of dogs, zoo animals mm. have been tested positive for coronavirus. The thing is, I just need to also just reiterate and, and just inform everyone that there's no scientific evidence that you're going to catch coronavirus from your pet. Mm. So it actually saddens me how many dogs and, and pets have been dropped off at shelters or the road because everybody's petrified that their dog's going to give them coronavirus. Well, the dogs and have been at home all the time anyway, unless people, so it's I mean... the same <laughs> as having a child. It's the same. So, and also, you know, if you decide you want to walk your dog, so you put your dog on a leash and you want to walk your dog. Yes. Don't allow your dog to go and sniff and lick another dog. But maybe mm. that dog is living in a home that has been exposed to coronavirus. Very hard to test dogs. You mm. can't take them to the vet. It's very difficult to get a nasopharyngeal swab from a dog. Yeah, apparently it's so, quite an invasive test that, that uh, animals have to have. I don't know. Yes, I, I also don't because I haven't yes. actually ever tested a, a dog. But yeah. I just think that the way we treat our family, our dogs and cats are part of our family, so we need to try. Cats are difficult because they wander around, so mm. they're, they're a little bit difficult. But there hasn't been a proven genetic between from animal to human cancer of novel coronavirus. Sure. So, and generally, these animals are getting very mild symptoms. Okay. So hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll have more data as, as this disease progresses. It, you know, as you said, it's, very, it's a very new disease. So yeah. the data changes all the time. That's why, you know, we'll talk, we spoke last week and something was used for treatment and now this week things change and something else is being used for treatment. That's exactly it. So we, we keep learning and we keep finding out things. Um, miracle drug, I read, is uh, Remdesivir, a miracle drug to cure coronavirus. Um, some say don't get your hopes up yet. What is your take on that? So when we, I think the first time we tested a couple of weeks ago, 
Sydney before the lockdown or the lockdown had just started, mm. the miracle drug at that stage was hydroxychloroquine. Yes. And everybody was rushing to buy chloroquine, making you know the drug not available anymore. The governments were holding all the stock. You couldn't get into a chemist. Most doctors were scripting all their family members uh, and internationally. So a couple of weeks down the line, chloroquine is still being used, but with caution. Uh-huh. So remdesivir now, it's, there, there's a trial that came out of America. Fauci was also you know, involved with that trial, where they gave remdesivir to half the people and a placebo to the other half. Uh-huh. And halfway through that trial, they saw that it was so effective in treating coronavirus and improving the survival rate compared to people who were getting the placebo, that they then switched all the patients who were getting placebo to remdesivir. So what remdesivir is, is an antiviral drug that was originally developed for Ebola. And unfortunately, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to be too optimistic. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the future trials show exactly the same thing. But when China did a trial in January on remdesivir, they didn't find the same promising results. Okay. However, you know, I must be honest, I, I'm going to believe more trials that are coming out of America than China at this stage. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we do need those uh, uh, kind of treatments that will help us until the vaccine comes along. So um, hopefully uh, there will be more, apparently more coming out from Greece and doctors all over the world working on, on trials to assist. Anything else that's come out? I'd like to tell you about a very interesting trial that the Greek doctors um, published. You know, they, they first did a very small-scale trial. I don't know if I told you about it last week, um, but... They, it's called Colchicin. Mm-hmm. It's an anti-inflammatory, very cheap tablet. Oh, well, very cheap is relative. But, yes. I mean, it, it's a relatively inexpensive, readily available tablet mm-hmm. that people are using for gout and arthritis. So the Greek doctors have now started a larger scale. They called it the Greco-19 trial. It started now and it's ending in August. And what they found, and this is an oral talk, so you can give it to people at home mm-hmm. and try to prevent them from being admitted to go to hospital. So it's I'm very optimistic and I'm really hoping this trial proves that it's effective because it will help me manage my patients before they get to that critical stage of developing those pneumonias that land up in hospital that die. So what it does is it addresses, you know, what coronavirus does in in people that end up dying and becoming very ill. It causes what they call an overwhelming cytokine storm. And what that is is the virus will enter the cells, it will shock your immune system, so your immune system goes into overdrive and it floods your body with all these inflammatory cells. Mm. So all these inflammatory cells include pneumonia, heart attacks, heart conditions. So mm. what they're saying is that culture can prevent that cytokine. Yes. Okay. So if that proves true, then I would actually even prophylactically give culture things to my elderly patients with comorbidities and, and feel very comfortable mm. with it. And wouldn't be that? Uh, wouldn't that be something for our Greek oh, doctors, be, for our Greek doctors to also have been at the forefront of this? I mean, it, I think it's also something really to be proud of. That that would be amazing. Yeah. That really, would, you know. Anything um, else that's come out this last week that you'd like to discuss before we wrap up? You know, I still need to discuss school. Mm. The going back to school. You've got children. I've got children. It's it's, it's very difficult to to wrap our minds around. Taking them out of school as autumn starts, mm. but then as winter starts, hoarding them all back into school. This is, of course, you're referring to the new um, regulations about school and which grades should go back at what times. 
Yes, I am. So my opinion on that is schools that can support online teaching should continue to during the winter months. Mm. We should really only open sometime in September where we pass that winter season. Because it doesn't seem logical to me to put it out in autumn and put them back in winter. I think if we did it the other way around, it may have been better. But, Mm. you know, we did need to close down the country when we closed it down because of lack of medical facilities and PPE and healthcare tests and the pickups and all that. Okay. that's going to be something to watch. How are they going to implement all these changes in June when the matrix go back and the grade seven? How are they going to give masks to all these children at public schools? A lot of these public schools have been vandalized. Yes. So it's, it's going to be tricky. So I just think that we need to just... What know, is the big concern about, about children going back to school? Is it because they are really carriers? Do they uh, get the disease easier? Is there something about sending out the children that is really worrisome? I think social distancing is a problem for children. Okay. And I think that, especially the younger ones, I think with the matrix in the grade 11, you can tell them, uh, stay two meters apart. Don't hug and kiss each other. Hello. Don't, mm-hmm. especially boys. I've got two young boys. If they play soccer on the field, there's going to be no social distancing. Yes. So, even if the teachers are policing, there aren't enough teachers to police the younger children. Mm. So when they've been in isolation for so long, you're going to release them back into the schooling environment. They're going to be so excited to, to be there and play. And <laughs> I think it's going to be difficult. And mm. yes, they are asymptomatic carriers. You, you know, that's another topic, but, you know, mm. coming out of thought and that there are some younger children that are getting quite severe mm. uh, COVID-19 diseases. They're even... Younger people that are now coming up with clotting disorders and strokes. and uh, You know, this, this disease is evolving. And I just feel that by September, we'll have had a, a, a lot more exposure to the mm. complications of COVID-19. We, you know, then we're going into the warmer climate. I know they're not sure as yet mm. if the summer months are going to decrease. Yeah, but studies do but, seem to show that um, in the fridge it lasts longer, that, you know, when packages have the virus on them and it's in your fridge, it lasts longer. They do seem to suggest that. So we do have reason to hope. And, and we'll be able to see now with, you know, the Northern Hemisphere going into their summer months, like Greece is opening up their country. Yes. They're going to open up the country to tourists in July and August. So by September, we'll, we'll have a better understanding. Maybe we even have a vaccine. Mm. And and I do, it's, it's very difficult, you know, because another death rate that we're going to see in South Africa is going to be the high death rate from famine. So people are starving. Yeah. You know, that, that's another reality that we're going to see. So mm. th- there's, a, there's a, lot of, a lot of problems. And I just feel that if we can keep as many children and universities going to their homes, until the, the warmer months, we'll, we'll continue to help flatten that thing. Mm. And Instead I think it's, it's, we've seen that it's quite possible that we are moving in leaps and bounds when it comes to online learning. And um, I think it will teach us a lot as well about our education system and hopefully improve even there. I definitely think it will. Mm. And, and, you know, the, the biggest problem here is that the majority of children may not have access to online. Yes. But a way around that is when they go back in September, and I'm talking about maybe only the two, the maybe 10, 11, 12 go back in, in June, July, which I don't know how they're going to mm. work it around public transport. I mean, there's, there's a whole host of, sure. of concerns. But if they have to teach on Saturday, take away their December holiday and only teach them the fundamentals 
of education this year and how bridge the gap next year. We can manage it. Yeah. We still don't know how bad the second wave is going to be. So, you know, there's a whole host of things to, to worry about. Yeah, I think that we, we've, we've needed that education shake-up, so maybe this is the opportunity. In fact, there's been shake-ups all over the place. So some opportunities there for growth and self-reflection, and hopefully we will emerge from this with uh, some good understanding of where we should be as a society. I definitely think we will. Yeah. And can I maybe just end up with something in Greek Please? for a lot of the Greek listeners? We'd love that, yes. So, you know, a lot of people, Paulina Rosane, also sacrificia siya pidinia. Και δυστυχώς ακόμα δεν είμαστε σε θέση να προβλέψουμε τη διάρκεια αυτής της επιδημίας. Μπορεί να είναι σαν τη γρήπη και όταν φτάσει ο ζεστός καιρός να περιοριστεί η μετάδοση, αλλά δεν ξέρουμε ακόμα. Θα ευχόμαστε να έρθει το εμβόλιο το Σεπτέμβριο, όπως λένε στην Αγγλία, αλλά μέχρι τότε αυτά που λέμε κάθε εβδομάδα πρέπει να τα κάνετε, να αποφεύγετε σε μια επαφή με αρρώστης ή άλλους ανθρώπους, να πλένετε τα χέρια σας ταυτικά, να αποφεύγετε να αγγίζετε το πρόσωπό σας και αν έχετε τα συμπτώματα δύσκανας κυρετός, δυσκολία με την αναπνοή και να βλέπετε το οξυγόνο που πέφτει κάτω από τα 93%. Πες μας πάλι το μηχάνημα που πρέπει να πάρουν οι φίλοι που ίσως δεν άκουσαν την περασμένη εβδομάδα για αυτό το μηχάνημα με το οξυγόνο. Pulse Oximeter. Και πρέπει τότε να επικοινωνήσετε αυτά τα μέτρα που θα δείτε με το οξυγόνο στο γιατρό σας. So I think it's end of us saying that that whole proximity has saved many people from developing serious fatal complications. Because as we see those facts dropping, then we do implement more stringent medical protocols and admission to hospitals. So it's actually quite an important little apparatus. Okay, if you're fantastic. asymptomatic and you're well, you don't need it. But, you know, if you are sick, a lot of you can try just buy one from the chemist or mm, order it. You know, go, go to casualty, which most people don't want to do. Yes, yes. No, I think but it's, a, it's, a, it's a good it thing and, to buy. You know, you can, you, you can afford it. It definitely is the most valuable tool to own. Okay, very good, very good there. I wanted to ask you as well, για τους φίλους που ίσως είναι πιο ηλικιωμένοι, γιατί ξέρουμε ότι η κοινότητά μας δεν θέλει να σταματάει να δουλεύει, καλά κάνουν, είναι δραστήριοι άνθρωποι, αλλά αυτοί που είναι λίγο πιο ηλικιωμένοι και έχουν δουλειές και τώρα με τα levels που αλλάζουν, ίσως μπορούν να πάνε πίσω στις δουλειές τους. Τι λέτε οι γιατροί, είναι καλό να πηγαίνουν πίσω, να προσέχουν και αυτοί οι άνθρωποι έχουν δουλέψει τόσα χρόνια για να χτίσουν αυτές τις δουλειέ. Δεν ξέρω τι, τι μπορούμε να τους πούμε. Ποια συμβουλή. So, you know, είναι, είναι δύσκολο γιατί θέλουν, πρέ, ίσως πρέπει να πάνε πίσω. Mm. Πρέπει όμως να φοράνε μάσκες. Okay. Το, το λέμε κάθε εβδομάδα ότι πριν, πριν ένα μήνα λέγανε ότι να μην φοράσε μάσκες. Τώρα και στην Ελλάδα όταν έχουν πάει πίσω στις δουλειές αν δεν φορούν μάσκες παίρνουμε το πρόστιμο 150 ευρώ. Mm. Ελίζω στη Γερμανία είναι 3.000 ευρώ το πρόστιμο. Ναι. Αν χρειάζεται τώρα άνθρωποι πάνω από τα 65 χρονών να πάνε πίσω στη δουλειά, είναι επίγον να φοράνε τη μάσκα και όπως είπαμε να κρατάνε απόσταση τουλάχιστον δύο μέτρα ο ένας άνθρωπος από τον άλλον, mm. να μην αγγίζουν το πρόσωπο τους, να πλένουν τα χέρια τους, όπως είχαμε πει με το αλκοολούχο διάλειμμα με σαπούνι και νερό, και αν κάνουν αυτά τα πράγματα, μετά μπορούν να προφυλαχθούν. 
να μην πάθουν το χρόνιο ιό. Okay. Οπότε να πάρουν όσα μέτρα μπορούν για να προφυλαχτούν, αλλά τι να κάνουν όπως λες και εσύ, ίσως μερικοί πρέπει να επιστρέψουν στις δουλειές τους. Uh, Α, αυτά, τα μέτρα, αυτά τα μέτρα βοηθά. Ναι. Βοηθούν πάρα πολύ. Sanitizer παντού, όπως λέγανε. Καθαρίζουμε. Ό, όσο, όσο, όσο πιο πολύ μπορούν, mm. πρέπει να προσέχουν. Αυτό το ιό μπορείς μόνο να το πάρεις αντί μέσα στο στόμα, μέσα στη νύχη, μέσα στα μάτια. Αν πλέον και τα χέρια σας, μετά είναι πιο δύσκολο να μεταδοθεί αυτό το ιό. Αυτό που λένε ότι άμα πίνουμε κάποιο ζεστό ρόφημα κάθε 15 λεπτά, ότι ίσως μπορεί να βοηθήσει. Πιστεύεις ότι μπορεί να βοηθήσει γιατί ο ιός κάθεται λέει εδώ στο λαιμό πριν κατεβεί και αν μπορούμε να πίνουμε κάτι ζεστό αυτό το πράγμα μπορεί να βοηθήσει. Είναι γύρω το έχω διαβάσει και οι περισσότεροι γιατροί και επιστήμονε λένε ότι αυτό δεν είναι σωστό αλλά το νερό βοηθάει και θα σας πω γιατί γιατί όπως είχαμε πει υπάρχουν τώρα όλα αυτά τα τα κλώσεις και ότι το αίμα γίνεται πιο σκυστό όταν πίνεις νερό μετά μπορείς να, να το κάνει delay, you know. okay. το νερό είναι καλό και για τη γρήπη και για την υγεία και για τη καρδιά το είναι καλύτερα να πίνεις νερό. Okay. Υπάρχουν όλες μερικοί, μερικοί που δεν μπορούν να πίνουν πάνω από ένα λίτρο νερό την ημέρα επειδή πάσχουν από κάποιο mm. um, καρδιά mm. που μπορούν μόνο να πίνουν κάτω από ένα λίτρο νερό. Mm. Αυτό είναι όπως ήταν πάντα. Δεν μπορούμε τώρα επειδή δεν θέλουν να φάσουν κορώνιο ιό mm. κάθε 15 λεπτά να πίνουν νερό. Γιατί μετά θα φάνε νοσοκομείο okay. και θα φάσουν από καρδιά. Okay. Μετά θα πρέπει αναγκαστικά να τη βάλουμε μέσα στο νοσοκομείο επειδή okay. τώρα έχουν πολλά υγρά και η καρδιά του δεν, δουλε... δεν δουλεύει κανονικά. Mm. Οπότε για πρέπει το... να ξεχνάμε όλα αυτά που κάναμε πριν αυτή τη πανδημία. Mm. Okay, so, ειδικά για αυτούς που έχουν Έχω... κάποια άλλα ε, θέματα υγείας, θα πρέπει πάντοτε πριν κάνουν κάτι διαφορετικό να επικοινωνούν με τους γιατρούς τους. Πρέπει. Το έχω, έχω διαβάσει και έχουν πει, αν, ε, και με το ξύδι, δεν ξέρω αν το έχει διαβάσει, mm-hmm. που κάνουν γαργάλα και με το ξύδι. Ναι. Αν το κάνεις πολύ, μπορείς να κάψεις και το λαιμό σου sure. και το στόμα σου. Okay. 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 Πρέπει να προσέχουμε και αν δεν ξέρουμε, αν έχουμε διαβάσει κάτι, και παίρνουμε φάρμακα και έχουμε κάποιο, κάποια παθολογία, είναι καλύτερα να επικοινωνήσουμε με το γιατρό μα και να ρωτήσουμε. Αυτό διαβάσαμε. Mm. Για μένα είναι εντάξει αν πίνω δύο λίτρα νερό την ημέρα. Μετά ο γιατρό μπορεί να πει όχι ναι, mm. παρά να το κάνετε χωρί να ρωτήσετε. Και μετά θα μπει στο νοσοκομείο και μετά αυτό σα. Ναι. Θα είναι πολύ χειρότερα. Βέβαια. Ναι. Να σε ευχαριστήσουμε πάλι, Δέσποινα, που είσαι μαζί μα. Αφού Dr. Δέσποινα Αντριώνα, a specialist physician and endocrinologist, it's always a pleasure to have you on our radio show. And thank you for the time that you've been giving here to Hellenic Radio and to all your patients. I'm sure you've been inundated with calls and emails about this coronavirus, and I'm sure you've been answering them because I know the kind of person you are. So thank you for all of that that you're doing. And hopefully we can chat to you very next much. Friday. Thank you very much and stay safe, maintain social distancing and just because we're in level four, don't forget what level five is. Mm. Συνεχίζουμε με μουσική, έχουμε ανάγκη αυτό το όμορφο κομμάτι από το Χρήστο Κυριαζή. Επιμένω, εμείς επιμένουμε στην θετική ενέργεια, στο να περνάτε όμορφα όπου και να βρισκόσαστε, παρεούλα με τη νέα πανελλήνια φωνή.